Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. We are so happy to be here with you today. Thank you to all of our friends around the world who have been tuning into our shows even while we had to take some time off from broadcasting new episodes live each week for the first half of this year. And a warm and enthusiastic welcome aboard to all our new listeners. It's so wonderful to be back with you again live the last couple of weeks. So yes, especially me. <laughs> we're happy to have Michael back. That's for doggone sure. Well, if you've been with us for the first two episodes of our 21st season, you're aware that we're exploring how you can be celebrating your life joyfully through its ups and downs in each show in some way. Of course, life for every one of us here on planet Earth always has its ups and downs, doesn't it? Life doesn't really play favorites whether you're uber wealthy or begging for spare change to put something in your stomach, whether you're Jewish, Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, agnostic, atheistic, or a non-religious spiritual seeker, whether you're a saint or a quote-unquote sinner, whether you're kind or cruel. Your appearance or any other external condition or situation in your life can never serve as the common ground for whether you are happy or angry, depressed or joyful. The true common ground for each and every single one of us here is what many may refer to as spirit or the essential underlying oneness of all life. What we go through and experience in living our seemingly unique and individual lives is just the expression of that one eternal limitless life. In truth, there is no competition in life itself. Yet, when we become afraid in any way, we get into competition, first with our own self, than with the rest of life itself. Life is perpetually in joyous celebration. Yet all too often, we end up being party poopers in that joyous celebration if we fail to awaken to the truth of what life is. We end up judging life by its myriad expressions through each life form rather than seeing and experiencing life as it is. What we mean by living the miracle of our soul life is that we express life as it actually is eternally. Why any of us end up deciding that life is not good or beautiful or joyful in some way is due to our own misinterpretation of life. So what we're asking today is, what if one day you wake up to a whole new life? One night you go to bed living a certain kind of life. Then you wake up suddenly the very next morning and discover 
that the life you've become accustomed to living for years is pretty much gone. Some of you may have experienced one or more events or conditions that made it immediately necessary for you to make radical changes in the way you viewed your life and how you've lived it up to that moment. Yet, in one fell swoop, living that kind of life or in that way was no longer possible to you. It's that kind of life experience we are addressing in our show today by continuing to share with you the experiences that Michael and I have been having ever since our discover on discovery on January 6th of this year of his completely unexpected health condition called AML or acute myeloid leukemia. In our previous two episodes, we took you on this new adventure from the moment of our regular doc pretty much ordering me to get Michael to the ER immediately through the first morning that he woke up as a patient in the bigger city hospital specialized on oncology ward the next day. He described to you some of his experiences being gurneyed through the double doors with the big sign oncology above it where he discovered for the first time that somewhere, 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 someone in the medical world must at least suspect he had some sort of cancer. I don't think he told you much detail about the second set of double doors that he was wheeled through to the hospital room that was to be his room as a patient for the duration of his stay at the hospital. Above those doors, he read the sign BMT, which much later in his stay, he learned that it stood for bone marrow transplant ward. It turned out to be a highly specialized subsection of the general oncology ward reserved for those patients with cancer requiring a complete bone marrow transplant. The divinely orchestrated assignment gave Michael not only a private room, but even more, the entire floor was required to be double sterilized all the way to having a separate double air filtration system to keep the air as clean as possible to prevent infections of any kind due to the lack of an immune system of the patients there on chemo and also on various levels of bone marrow transplants. Even the food that they served there was carefully inspected and the patients in the ward always got served first to prevent cross-contamination. I'm describing what might seem like minor details in our much bigger situation because we're sharing with you through our experience how we live the miracle every day ourselves. As I mentioned in a previous episode, we're not claiming that the way we live is the right or the best way or even the only way by any means, but we hope that by sharing our inside story, we might offer some validation, solace, inspiration, and tools for anyone going through major life-changing situations or conditions. As well, we wanted to offer some communication that might help you if you ever end up facing a major life experience that would require you to make radical changes in how you choose to live your new life. So I'm including this particular detail in Michael's personal initial experience when he discovered that he had some kind of possibly fatal condition because we both saw his assignment to that particular room on that particular specialized section of the oncology ward as divinely orchestrated for him and not as a horrible fate that he was somehow forced to endure. 
Were there other considerations we had as we found out that he was in a specialized ward of any kind? Of course there were. For one thing, we had no clue at the time how we were possibly going to afford even his first day of the hospital stay, especially in a highly specialized intensive extra care unit, much less any major procedure, medications, or doctor's fees. Although the first and foremost concern for me was obviously, as we spoke about last week, Michael's well-being and what he would need to heal from whatever the condition might turn out to be. Yet aside from being his wife, life partner and everything, and what Michael usually puts at the top of his list of what I am to him, his best friend, I am the COO of our company and business manager of all parts of our business. Of course, talking about business in the larger sense, I'm not only the manager of all our professional businesses, I'm also the business manager of our home life. That means I'm responsible for keeping our finances healthy, both at home and at work, as as well as taking care of house, meals, laundry, everything having to do with home and pets. Yes, (laughs) we have two wonderful cats as well. I might have mentioned in our previous shows that this whole ringing in the new year this year was for us a kind of perfect storm of so many life challenges, all converging at the same time and place for us. But one of the major things was that we got our health insurance policy that we've just, we've had for decades canceled on December 31st of last year. Uh, we talked about this last week, so this is kind of a recap. Due to the fact that The policy we'd been on had to get grandfathered in for us the past few years because it got old, and I couldn't get us reinstated with the same company for a newer plan until January 3rd of this year. The only problem was that even though I got Michael approved for the new policy on that date, the insurance company refused to activate his new policy until February 1st. Oh, boy. (laughs) What are the chances... That the only time Michael's health insurance policy lapsed since he started having one when he was 25 years old, with the very same company, no less, would be four days before he ended up in the ER and had to be immediately hospitalized for severe life-threatening condition for an indefinite amount of time. We knew all too well that most of the mega medical bills naturally would be incurred during that month when he was with no insurance coverage. Guess what, folks? You have to be able to (laughs) laugh and celebrate life joyously, even though the perfect storm of what else could go wrong is always asked at a time like this. I know this might make some of you wince when hearing about this, but regardless, that situation was definitely looming large in my mind, even though I kept my immediate focus, time, and everything else on supporting Michael's health. It's one of the great things about being in a great partnership is to be able to do that and feel in my heart that I could. But then in the longer run, I also knew that if Michael survives this condition for any length of time, our finances would play a major part in his overall healing process, wouldn't it? I'm kind of a bigger picture kind of girl, so I'm always looking at the bigger picture. So I was tending to Michael's condition on at least three major fronts right from the get-go, running between home, office, and the hospital. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I've told many people 
uh, interested in where I've been about my new physical condition and what's been some of the most important aspects of healing myself that without Raphael and all her love and amazing support, I would literally not be here today being able to talk to any of you. And that's no hyperbole on my part. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's a ginormous part of any healing, the loving support of loved ones and the whole community in which we live. And we sure got a lot from the community as well. Yeah. And the community, you know, most of us live in multiple communities, right? We belong to, say, the community of family community of friends, community of work colleagues, you know, community of professionals or trade crafts people or whatever, community of church, community of <clears throat> um, neighborhood even, or whatever communities. And so certainly cultivating that kind of loving and cooperative relationship with as many people as you can in your life is a most important aspect, not only of healing, but of living the miracle of your soul life. I've often said that as a lifelong healer myself, I've learned in my work with those who had gone through the challenges of having some sort of cancer, that cancer is a community-based illness even though it always manifests in individuals. And that's also why pretty much everyone I've ever worked with who was diagnosed with having some, some type of cancer was invariably a healer in some way, whether they were aware of it or not. Some of you may have heard me jokingly say that some of the most powerful healers have also been some of the sickest people. <laughs> I, I'm only saying it with a great deal of amusement, but, the, but healers can tend to take on the illnesses of others, of a community, or even of the planet, planet. That's often why most people are completely perplexed and saddened when one of the most loving or generous or generally healthy persons they, they know unexpectedly becomes seriously ill. Truly, a loving, giving person doesn't deserve to fall ill to any kind of destructive condition. In truth, actually, no one deserves to suffer, ever. That cancer is a community-based illness also means that the real way to healing from such a condition requires the loving support of one's whole community or various communities of which they are a part. That also means that those closest to the ill person need to be kinder, more loving, and communicative with each other. And not just to the one that's challenged with a serious condition. You know, a lot of times people rally if, if a member of their family or their good friend or somebody important to them at work or whatever get challenged with some kind of an illness or some serious situation in life. They all tend to, you know, jump in and, and rally for them. 
But what I'm talking about here is, oh, yeah, that's important, of course, but how they treat each other in that community is just as important. That's definitely been proving to be true for me personally. The more those of those around me treat one another with kindness, respect, and loving care, the more I get well too. For example, have you ever noticed that children of parents who treat each other in a wonderful way are generally happier and do better than those parents, you know, those with parents who disrespect and bicker with each other a lot? Yeah, not only that, but parents of children who are loving towards others, to each other and to to others that they relate with, tend to do so much better than parents of those who disrespect and are antagonistic to others. Huh. But I'm getting a bit ahead of the story here. I'm sure we'll explore that avenue much more in later episodes. Today... I wanted to first retrace a bit more in detail of my experience in this adventure in healing back on January 7th when I first woke up in my hospital room the day after I was admitted after being ambulanced over from the ER. I told you a little bit about my second major conversation with my newfound wonderful oncologist friend who was tending to me as his newly arrived critically ill patient. He had already given me his verdict or rather diagnosis (laughs) and proceeded to explain the four avenues of medical treatment possible to me in the condition I was in. So just to recap a bit more with a little more specifics that I gave you in our previous episode, the first of those options was the more traditional intensive chemotherapy-based induction therapy followed, if successful, with a complete bone marrow transplant, which necessitated even more aggressive chemotherapy, and then for the best out of a 60% chance of surviving five years or longer. I have to interrupt Michael because we're coming upon our first break already. Uh, He will continue his story at the second section. We're excited to let you know about our brand new Learning Sanctuary for the Soul site. It's going to be www.livethemiracle.com. Today is July 19th, 2023, just in case you're listening to this later. Um, Right now, it's not up yet, but it's about ready to launch. We'll start with our main psychic tools and life mastery practices for living your soul purpose, six-level comprehensive self-study audio course and our ongoing audio self-study series. You might be more psychic than you think both open to everyone. Then over time, we'll continue to add all of our mastered audio seminars, classes, retreats, and courses to make this site a complete audio, video, and text self-study learning campus for your spiritual and psychic growth, healing, and development. It will in time house pretty much all of our teachings that have been recorded and produced, available for purchasing and downloading or studying online. Watch for it and please visit. We'll let you know when it's up. We'll return in a couple of minutes. What if one day you wake up to a whole new life? We'll see you in just a few minutes.
follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's great to have you back. Today we started our show with the question, what if one day you wake up to a whole new life? Would you balk at the sudden and unexpected changes in your life and your need to live in a radically different way than before? Or would you willingly and gracefully welcome your life-altering new situation? Let's find out more. All right. Well, before the break, uh, I was just getting into recapping with a little more detail about the options, the medical options that were given to me uh, by my oncologists on <laughs> basically right after I got my diagnosis for the AML. And um, uh, the first one, of course, that I, I mentioned uh, before the break was the traditional, you know, very intensive chemotherapy-based induction therapy. And if that was successful, then I would end up with a complete bone marrow transplant, which would necessitate even more aggressive chemotherapy. And being holed up in a isolation in hospital for at least a hundred days or something like that or more. And that would give me the hope of best out of 60% chance of surviving five years or longer. <laughs> of course, in my case, the doc said, I most likely wouldn't even survive the first week <laughs> of the treatments <laughs> in the condition I was in at that point. So he wasn't he was definitely not recommending that option, which was great for me because I, I didn't really want to go that way. But uh, <laughs> I remember thinking after he said that, wow, my odds were getting better even. <laughs> but wait, there was there was more. The second option that if successful had a possible 60 to 70% chance of surviving, not five years, but three years or, you know, longer if, if you survive. 
And it, that became more available recently beyond the experimental stage. And although it wasn't officially approved for treating the exact kind of uh, leukemia that I was diagnosed with, but there was good evidence with success with it uh, for uh, that type as well as uh, what it was approved for. So isn't that reassuring? <laughs> this is the treatment that I affectionately call chemo light. Since the doc assured me that it had a much less intense version of chemo and old folks like me, <laughs> old and decrepit folks like me, with other pre-existing medical conditions seemed to tolerate it fairly well. Aha! But at that point, I wasn't too keen on even going that route. Then he pointed out the only other options. If I didn't want either of those was either to just go home and ask for palliative care at home with blood transfusions as needed to keep me going for as long as I could or just go home and have whatever we wanted and until that becomes hospice care and then I scoot out of this world. Huh, okay, those were my four options as far as what the doctor can offer. Well, guess what? He said he needed a def definite answer from me which way I wanted to proceed first thing the next morning. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting all this lowdown, I'd say about noonish uh, of the day before. And he says, well, you know, your wife is uh, uh, here and, and you guys can talk it over. And I need an answer first thing tomorrow morning when he comes to see me on his early morning rounds about seven o'clock. <laughs> so at this point, this wild ride that I just was notified about <laughs> uh, was just getting better. <laughs> I got into amusement fairly easily because everything was so surreal and kind of ridiculous right off the bat. I would have one whole night to sleep on making a completely life-changing decision not just for myself, but for Raphael and everybody else who's involved in my life. But okay, if that's how much time I had to make such an important decision, so be it. I mean, that's the way it was. Okay, so I was already formulating my decision, but I definitely wanted to run everything by Raphael uh, very much in detail before I made my final decision be known. Okay, before the doc left the room, this is a little side trip, but it's all very part of living the miracle, right? So before he left the room, after he gave me the options and everything, and he told me everything he needed to tell me, he asked me what I did. And when I told him I teach people to become more spiritually aware and guide them in their spiritual and psychic development, he was quite interested. Surprise. Yeah, Very and surprise. this is partly why I introduced myself that way, because I want to know where the other person I'm working with is coming from. So he asked me if I had written any books. So I told him, yeah, I have. And he then asked me if I if he could purchase one online. And I told him, oh, I, I'd be happy to give him a signed copy if he'd like. He said he would like that very much. And then he shared that even more than his patients, he and other doctors like him 
need that kind of information and teaching that I have. Ah, I could see how truly sensitive and psychic and spiritually aware he was. But it was heartening to know he knew that about himself as well. He confided in me that he had a difficult time handling being even the witness to so much pain and suffering in his patients day in and day out. It was obvious that the way he was able to handle it, even as well as he did on the outside, appearance-wise, was to keep his professional distance and kept his time with each patient to a minimum. Hey, I know that one. A moving target is harder to hit. (laughs) Right? Okay. He was taken by the calm and good humor that Rafiana expressed, even in the face of receiving information about my dire condition. So this was also a fabulous example of why I never judge a book by its cover or a person by his appearance, speech, or behavior. Everyone expresses the pure light of spirit that they are in very unique and divergent ways. Some of those ways we readily like, and others of those ways might even instantly repulse us at first. But there's always a way to the truth of the matter or to the truth of the person when there's our willingness to go deeper and find out rather than jumping to not conclusions, but judgments (laughs) and blame. And when you are able to do that consistently, you start living so much more of the miracle that is spirit. Or you can call it eternal life. Not the life from birth to death, but life itself. Fortunately, Raphael was with me throughout the doc's explanation of options and prognosis of life expectancy related to each option. So the go home and get as comfortable as I could as I awaited death had a life expectancy, according to the doc, in my condition of no more than two to three weeks max. But if I got transfusions as needed along with that, my life expectancy could extend to two to three months max. Huh. Either that or go for the multiple weeks of chemo, what I called chemo light, <laughs> over the long indefinite haul, or the shorter intensive hospital stay of mega doses of chemo. And if successful, I would get to do additional mega chemo blast and 100 days in isolation in the hospital bone marrow transplant ward, which is where I was already, to have a bone marrow transplant. And that that would give me the greatest chance of surviving. But, as the oncologist told me, in my case, I probably wouldn't even survive the first half of a week of the treatments. Oh. So feasible to me were the two kind of the middle of the road options to go home and heal as much as possible on my own and die gracefully as I could with some assistance and regular blood transfusions as needed to go uh, that route or go for the indefinite number of treatments of chemo light 
for an indefinite amount of time, monthly, at the local infusion center, and doses of few other heavy medications indefinitely as well at home. Okay. Raphael gave me an absolute whatever-you-choose thumbs up from the very first response and never veered from that unconditional love and support, support of whatever I might choose best for myself. Now, that place, that type of support where someone totally gives you your freedom, your space to just be. They're not in judgment looking at you going, well, you got it because it, uh, don't be so stupid and don't do this or do that and all that kind of stuff and try to control your life. Huh. Even if they have the best of intentions. But she just gave me carte blanche and said, this is your life. You have to choose what you feel is the best for yourself. So, Nonetheless, I, I also wanted to know, regardless of her support, how she felt about it for herself. And she told me, yeah, of course, she'd rather have me stick around as long as possible, but that she would completely support me if I felt I was done here and wanted out sooner without putting me through any kind of grueling treatments or time commitment. At the time, my preference was preference was to get as much done that I could to prepare everyone who's involved in my life for my earlier departure than expected. And I had to be able to do that in a fairly functional state and then make my departure as gracefully as I could. And initially, I thought I'd be able to do that if I had two to three months more here. And so I told Raphael that I would like to have her take me home and we could arrange for palliative care with needed blood transfusions to kind of prolong my stay a little bit. Enough that I could possibly, you know, help her make her transition and the transitions of others closest to me, you know, my sons, their families, uh, friends and students, the whole bit, a lot of, lot of people. <laughs> To, to make it less painful or less challenging in some way, to make it a little bit easier. It's not going to be easy for anybody probably, but, but uh, a little bit more. She kept her poker face. She didn't flinch a muscle. So I decided, okay, well, that's the option. I would tell my doc first thing in the morning, and she said, okay, if that's what you like, that's what we'll go for. And when I told Rafia my final decision, she just calmly accepted it and said she would support me fully in any possible way. Well, I did give that as my decision on how I would like to proceed when my dog came to see me on his morning rounds the next morning. Although he kept his professional demeanor on, when I told him my decision, he was visibly saddened by my decision. Yet, he gave me his full support and said that he would get to work right away on my discharge orders so that I, would, I wouldn't have to spend any more time in the hospital than necessary. Once he left, I had my regular care of nurses and assistants coming in at regular intervals for medications, taking vitals, and everything else, preparing me for my discharge. Yet, as I mentioned in our earlier episodes, my 
main nurse for that shift came to take my vitals and dispense my meds for after, uh, after lunch. And then she stuck around to tell me of her personal experiences with those in her family and close friends who all went through some kind of cancer treatment, especially for leukemia, and successfully. So one of her favorite aunts, who was diagnosed with AML, the same kind of leukemia, 14 years ago, became the same oncologist patient just like me and had the traditional mega chemo induction. There is more to this story, of course, but we are already coming upon our second break. Time flies when we're having fun, and we find ourselves here. Please visit our new learning sites that we've been developing this year that are at various stages. Any day now, um, and apparently before our next radio show next week, we'll launch our livethemiracle.com learning sanctuary and I want to point out it's live the miracle and not living the miracle it's livethemiracle.com learning sanctuary for the soul site but it's already accessible for you to check out what we have you won't be able to purchase or download any of the available classes or courses on it until it's fully live which it should be this coming week Michael's newly redesigned and improved official YouTube channel is operational and will continue to upload new material over time on that site as well. In addition, we're getting close to going live with our new Patreon site through which you will be able to help support us so that we can keep offering you this weekly live and archival radio show. We'll also have a new simple link tree page that will allow you to access all of our various online presents from our main website to our Learning Sanctuary, YouTube channel, and Patreon to all of our social media sites, Living the Miracle show host page with media player for live broadcast, as well as for listening to archived past episodes along with all the major podcast platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, and others. They carry all of our episodes accessible with a simple click. We'll let you know more as we progress on our various online projects, so stay tuned. In a bit, we'll return and continue with What If One Day You Wake Up to a Whole New Life. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We're back. (laughs) It is delightful to have you back with us. We've been exploring what you can do whenever you are suddenly faced with unexpected and huge life-changing situations and conditions. Chances are you've already had a few of those in your life if you're over 10 years old, (laughs) (laughs) maybe even earlier, and the good news is that you're still here with us, perhaps with a bit more wear and tear. Let's find out more about how you can willingly and gracefully welcome the bigger curves that life is known to throw at you from time to time, or at all of us, for that matter. All right. Well, before the break, um, I was just starting to tell the story about the my nurse for the day on that first uh, day after I gave the doc uh, my decision to, okay, just send me home and with a prescription for blood transfusions as needed. But the nurse that came in that my, my day shift uh, in charge nurse came in and after she did all the things she needed to do with me she sits down and says can I talk to you for a bit and she starts telling me uh, that one of her favorite aunts uh, was diagnosed with AML 14 years ago became my the same oncologist that I had uh, became his patient and just like me had the uh, had the same kind of leukemia and then opted for having the traditional mega dose chemo induction and then consolidation and then the complete bone marrow transplant. And she was back to her full alive self after a couple of years of treatments and now still going strong to this day, 14 years later, without any medications or treatments. Huh? And she, she said, and she has her full head of hair. <laughs> and I thought, well, that would be a miracle if I got my full head of hair after the treatments. <laughs> He's laughing because he only has a half a head of hair to start with. To start with. <laughs> so she then told me about her husband, who was diagnosed with a different kind of leukemia five years ago, but is now fully back to his healthy self, working and everything after a couple of years of the chemo light type of treatment. Not exactly the same that would be for me, but, you know, similar type from the same oncologist again. And is going strong to this day without any ongoing treatments or medications. Then she told me about another close friend of hers with a similar experience, again, with the same doc. Okay, so that played a part in my re-examining, okay, where am I coming from in making the decision I made? I immediately saw that my doctor had instructed this nurse, who he knew more personally uh, from you know, treating so many of her relatives, that he, shared, he wanted to share these stories with me to see if I would change my mind about my 
treatment options. Well, that was a great thing for the doc to do because there's nothing like personal stories. There's nothing like, okay, I went through this experience or my husband or my wife or, you know, my aunt or whoever went through this experience and I've been there all along those years and this is what I noticed. This is what I observed. <clears throat> that makes a huge difference. That That's different than even the top doctor giving you the theory of this is the way it's, you know, statistically and everything, this is how it goes. Ah, no, this is actual personal experiences. So that that was very eye-opening. And she even told me that she's worked with this particular doctor a lot for many years, who, because of his reputation and the positions he held in the medical world, he was kind of the top doc in, in, the, in the oncology world, had a lot of pull when it came to helping people get financial help when they didn't have enough or enough insurance coverage or any kind of insurance coverage uh, to cover the costs of their treatments and medications. So she shared with me stories of patients that she took care of in the same hospital of who got everything paid for by some company, some insurance company, some the part of the hospital agency or whatever it is, who didn't have or couldn't get insurance company because the doctor submitted his requests and orders to the right agencies. So she said the doctor already authorized her to tell me that he would do the same for me. If the lack of insurance played a big part in my decision-making to forego any lengthy hospital stay or cost-intensive treatments. Okay, well, that gave me new insights. And this is all part of unfolding. You know, you got to make decisions. Then these things can unfold. I had to make the decision that, okay, well, I'm kind of a goner. So let's see if I can stick around a little bit longer so I can get a few things done uh, to help people handle my departure. But, oh, this is this gave me a new insight, a new development, information that I didn't know before. Okay, so that gave me new insights into what my options really were. In the meanwhile, during the time I was re-examining the decision that I had already given the doc during one of my prayers, I was visited by my spiritual teacher who had been in spirit for quite a few years now. He said that he knew I had the final say-so in this decision, but that spirit would like it if I decided to stick around longer in the world. Spirit keeps saying that to him. <laughs> <laughs> he said that my decision can't be against what I truly choose for myself because I've already know that, you know, I, I can stay here or go at, at leisure, so to speak, in a sense. But in the event that I would want to stick around longer here in the world, he said that even if I stuck around in a greatly dysfunctional body or a completely bedridden one, I would significantly benefit many others just from being who I am and staying in this world. That opened my eyes on a whole new level as well. And after my teacher, Lois, left me, you know, after that communication, other spirit guides and masters of wisdom chimed in with essentially the same message 
from spirit. Okay, <laughs> they're ganging up on me. <laughs> no, it wasn't anything like that. It was just, it just gave me a whole different perspective. <clears throat> and that also gave me a chance to re-examine my true wishes. I realized that when I was, that I was fully committed to making my exit from this incarnation in a state of love and at full peace with myself. I made that commitment to myself when I was 21 years old. Was I already there? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I realized that I wouldn't be completely at peace with myself if I had left this world in a way that left many of those who loved me in some kind of compromised position emotionally, mentally, psychically, or financially. So that changed that part of my decision-making equation. You know, I, I realized, oh, I could still be in the state of lovingness, but I wouldn't be fully at peace with myself if I knew I was living, leaving people in a big, you know, uh, with the holding the bag, so to speak. And I think that would be true if you knew you could live longer. Yes. Well, as you already know, I changed my mind and asked that same nurse to inform my doc to see whether it was too late for me to ask for the chemo light protocol rather than letting me go home uh, right away. Well, she returned within minutes of checking in with the doc with the news that my doc was very happy that I changed my mind and I was going to go for any kind of treatment with a good chance of success, especially, he said, for a person as otherwise healthy as I was, which is a funny thing to say when he says, well, you're near death. <laughs> but other than the cancer, you know, he said I was, I was in really good shape. He truly felt I was an ideal candidate for this newer therapy of the kind of leukemia I had. So what I knew at the time was that I opted for the IV chemo every day for five days, the first week of every month for an indefinite amount of time, along with swallowing a few heavy duty medications every day for indefinitely. I discovered that two of those medications were specialty meds that were only dispensed by licensed specialty pharmacies and would cost <laughs> together $10,000 every month. <laughs> Uh, so that would bankrupt us right away. And, and uh, yes, I'm laughing. I was laughing then. Raphael was laughing and, and groaning at the same time at, back then because you got to laugh. It's, it's just like, oh, yeah, we're in this one step forward and two steps back kind of dance. Well, as we promised you last week we're giving you this more detailed recap of our earlier part of a journey because you might find it helpful to learn how we we both Rafia and I both navigated ourselves through our drastically new kind of life we suddenly found ourselves thrown into we felt that this particular part of our life experience and day-to-day -day living process served as a great example of all the the important part making decisions played in every day of living in the world but even more when you're faced with radically life-changing circumstances of any kind plus in the years my years of teaching one of the most common arenas of life experience that i observed many people get stuck in 
was in making life-altering decisions for themselves. Why do so many people get stuck in that? They assume that the most important part of making such a decision was in making the right decision or the best possible decision in that circumstance. They often get frozen in the fear of, what if I make the wrong decision? Or what if I make a bad decision? And that ruins my life. So that's where a lot of people get stuck in. So the first thing for me about making any decision in my life is that I don't regard having to make some kind of right or best decision based on certain expected outcomes. That way of deciding anything would drive anyone nuts and or at least make them anxiety-ridden and neurotic. When I make my decisions, especially the most important or major life-changing ones, I first make sure I'm not divided about it. That means my decision can't be from the standpoint of either or. Yet, that's exactly where I've witnessed so many people look at their decision-making process. They think that they have to decide whether it's either this way or that way. And as we joked about last week, living here, your life for here to go, either or or divided thinking doesn't work. If you made all your decisions from life, from the space of undivided, limitless, eternal spirit, ah, then your decision will be all-inclusive. Once again, we are at the end of our show today, and we will most certainly continue with this discussion. Thank you for tuning in. We're always happy that you could join us and hope that our shows help you to expand your awareness and deepen your understanding. Join us again next Wednesday for another episode in our new season of shows exploring the overall theme of celebrating your life joyfully through its ups and downs. We're doing that by sharing with you how we've been navigating and surfing the often stormy seas of life-altering challenges and the changes we have to make in ourselves and the way we live to do that gracefully and joyfully. Please let your friends know about our show as well. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.